Well, it's a new week, everybody. And so that means it's a new round of pep talk uh, versions of the old uh, Taking Care of Business podcast. And today uh, we have a really great conversation with Rich Lynch uh, from uh, Do It Best. And uh, Rich and I talk not only about kind of how Do It Best is responding uh, internally and working with their members uh, to help get them through all the challenges presented by COVID, but we also talk and, and share some of the uplifting stories that we're hearing out there uh, from retailers and out there in the community uh, that is really kind of gets to the heart of why we're doing these pep talk podcasts is to try and put a uh, positive face on uh, what we're seeing through so much negative. So. I'd encourage you, uh, it's it's the start of a week, so I'd encourage you to sit back and listen in to what Rich has to say, and, and hopefully you'll come out of this with a, a, a little bit more uh, uplifting uh, spirit and get ready to charge into this new week and whatever it might hold. So, so without further ado, here's our conversation with Rich Lynch. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to today's uh, uh, podcast. Uh, this is part of the pep talk series of the Taking Care of Business podcast. And uh, we've been talking to you a lot lately, but we're trying to bring you a lot of information. And uh, today we have uh, are fortunate to have Rich Lynch, Vice President of Marketing with Do It Best Corporation, who's taken time uh, to uh, join us uh, today and talk to us a little bit about uh, what uh, what's going on with Do It Best and what they're hearing from the field. So, Rich, thanks so much for taking the time to uh, sit down and, and talk to us today. Dan, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's nice to see you, although differently than I'm used to, but it's <laughs> yeah. appreciate yeah. the time here. Yeah, absolutely. I hope you guys are all staying uh, uh, safe and healthy up in uh, up in Fort Wayne. And uh, I know we're we're trying to do our best down here to kind of keep things going day by day. I'm sure you guys are seeing the same thing. We're all doing what we need to do to get by, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of that, why don't you talk to us a little bit about, uh, you know, kind of some of the changes that I'm sure you guys have seen in your everyday lives up at Do It Best and, and talk to us kind of a, a little bit about internally before we start talking about what you're seeing out in the, uh, out, uh, in the retail uh, world internally. How are, how are you guys responding to Do It Best? What is, take us through kind of like, like the steps that have gone on since all this started breaking loose with Do It Best. Yeah, well, the good news is we had a pretty robust business continuity plan already in place. Um, this isn't quite the interruption we maybe were planning on, but we had a process in place that we've executed on. And it really builds around for us two things. First is the safety of everybody, our team members, our members, their staff. Uh, and then secondly, how do we keep the business running? How do we make sure that we're able to help our members serve the needs of their communities? Um, so with those as kind of our two true norths, if you will, make sure that everyone's safe, make sure that we're meeting the needs of the members. That really kind of shaped all of our decisions uh, that we made in terms of how we continue operating. And we are continuing to operate. Sure. Take this essential designation really seriously. Yeah. Um, and, and you guys have played a big role in helping with that, by the way. But we, we think what we do is helping individual homeowners, businesses ride out this pandemic and that's a service that we provide that we're proud to do. Uh, but, but we've worked very hard to make sure that we keep our focus on making sure that we can serve everybody. We've done a couple of things, you know, right as this started, we set up a couple of war rooms. Uh, so our merchandising team needed a war room. Our, our LBM team needed a war room just to make sure that we could do everything in our power to make sure that they supply 
of, of needed products didn't get interrupted. Uh, we've looked at things like touchless delivery. Yeah. How do you get the, the, the bill signed and make sure that everything goes through? We've figured out that. And we've put in all the right things. You and I are doing this by video conference. Uh, not because I don't love seeing you in person, but because to keep this place safe, we're not letting people in here. We've locked it down. We've, we've become video conferencers like never before. It's been an interesting, interesting month. Yeah. And uh, so how, how quickly did you guys kind of move to that work from home protocol? And, and, and did that present any, any issues? I mean, you know, like I've talked to some of the other people in manufacturing and distributing and retail, is that while there are certain a, a percentage of people that can work from home, there are some people that just, you know, if you're, if you're pulling product or loading a truck, you can't do that from home. So, so how did you guys kind of integrate safety measures while managing all that? We've got people in our distribution facilities. You can't distribute product without having people there. And the people who work in our warehouses have been tireless. We've got procedures in place just like everybody else. Um, you know, that's, we're following the CD guidelines to the T that say, if you don't feel good, don't come in. If you have been exposed, tell somebody. Um, these are all things that we put in practice right away uh, to make sure that the warehouses can keep running. With our field staff, it's a little different because they're obviously out and about by their jobs. They've been finding ways to add value with our members without physically being in their stores. Right? So our territory managers have been working tirelessly to help the members in any way that they can kind of navigate through what's going on. And our corporate staff, uh, we've got to have people here to support the enterprise. There's no, no two ways around it. So we've got certainly some people working remotely, but we've got a skeleton crew of people uh, who are here all day, every day, and nights and weekends as needed to make sure that we keep everything moving along. Great, great. What, what are you guys hearing from retailers out there about how business is going? Um, you know, we're generally hearing right now, and what we're calling this is kind of the first wave of the kind of the, the, the new realities, is that sales have remained relatively strong and up in most uh, retail environments. I kind of like to get some feedback from you on that and what you're seeing, but also do it best as well known for servicing a lot of uh, lumber dealers. And maybe you can uh, give us a little bit of feedback on, on kind of what lumber dealers are seeing right now as well. So as you know, it, it varies a lot by region, right? So I don't want to pick an overly broad brush, uh, but across the enterprise, uh, we're seeing sales remain strong. Um, we're seeing members find ways uh, to keep that selling machine going in ways that are serving the needs of the community. Uh, lumber's, a little, lumber's impacted a little bit differently by some things like um, where there's curtailments, there's delays, there's some states have complete shutdowns in construction. Um, so I don't know that that story's fully been told yet on, on where lumber will end, but right now, many of the things we're looking at are pointing at, at everyone is getting through, if not seeing an increase in sales. Uh, from everything that's going on. Um, what other kind of things are you hearing? What do retailers need from you guys right now that maybe is a little bit different from when things are operating normally? What, what kind of things are they needing to keep their operations going? Uh, well, they need product. They need, pro first and foremost, maybe the understatement of the day, uh, they need product and they need it uh, quickly. And we've got people working all the time to try and find alternate sources of product. Uh, do all the right things. You know, if you think about this thing got its start, when we first started feeling the effect of this, it was more of a supply chain things coming from China, right? And then it's slowly evolved to where the pandemic is 
has come full force. So those needs have changed and evolved, but, but at the end of the day, product, product is what they need. Uh, we're also finding from a marketing perspective, uh, they're working with us quite a bit on how do they properly tell their business story right now um, and how do they do that in a good way. And further, there's a little bit of, I think, flexibility and agility that they need from us. Uh, many members, many retailers are changing their store hours. Um, sometimes the store hours they change may or may not coincide with their truck delivery. So we're partnering with them real tightly on that as well, making sure that we're all, uh, we're all ready when the truck shows up. So it starts with product, but then it goes into a lot of other things as well. Yeah, I know one of the things that we're hearing from a lot of retailers is uh, obviously uh, outside of the changing work hours, but the social distancing in stores and how to how to manage with a just as you guys are managing with a kind of a skeleton crew in the stores. Some of the other things that we're hearing that are so important right now are communications, um, communications from distributors about, you know, what products are available, where there are product delays, how schedules are changing. What are you guys that do a best doing to kind of keep those lines of communication open with customers? Sure. So we look at communication, Dan, in a couple different ways. Uh, we talk about how we communicate with our team, talk about how we communicate for sure with our members, and then uh, also our vendors. You know, our vendors play a very important role in this as well. And we've ramped up our communications with all those parties uh, in these past in these past weeks. Um, with our members, we've got something going out several times a week, whether it's a letter or a video. Typically, it's from Dan uh, Starr, our CEO. You know, Dan would have been on this today, but he's working right now on some COVID-related things uh, to make sure that all the uh, processes stay in place. So he asked me to step in and do this in his place, but. For us, it's frequent communication and it's hitting all the right channels. Uh, it's making sure that we're using the right distribution methods, the right frequency. You know, if you don't do it enough, that's bad. If you do it too much, people start to tune out. So we've really right. strike that fine balance between what are we going to get out there that's either going to be read or viewed or listened to uh, in the right way at the right time. Uh, we've also set up a uh, resource page on our company internet site. So we have a resource called mydoitbest.com that our members can go to and find information. There's a very specific COVID-19 resource page uh, ready for them. So everything they need is in one spot. And we've made sure that our territory sales managers are well aware of that. So when they get questions from the members, they can point them in the right direction. Yeah, you know, uh, one of the things that I think, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to circle back to something you said a little bit ago about what you guys are doing. And I don't know if this is maybe, if it is, just tell me, but if it's kind of outside of your uh, area, but we've been getting a lot of questions too. You touched on, you know, the supply chain and early on there were the questions about getting supply uh, out of uh, Asia and so on. Mm -hmm. Has that, have you guys seen in general that getting better uh, right now uh, with able to get supplies uh, into the country? So let me tell you how I see it. And I see it as the guy who sees most of the communications. Yeah. <laughs> I think our merchandising team has done a really good job of either figuring out a way to get it out of China or coming up with an alternate solution. Okay. So I think, you know, there's a, there's a dual solution there. One is get the stuff as you originally planned. The other is get something else. And I think our merchandising team has done a nice job of doing both of those things. Yeah. I think that, that one of the things we continue to see as this uh, persists is there's so much innovation in, 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 you know, at retail of figuring out how to serve customers with a skeleton crew. Um, it, it, at retail of how to set up from nothing, set up curbside delivery, you know, and at distribution, you know, if a source of supply is cut off, 
finding a way to basically rewire that supply line so you could figure out how to get supplies to customer. And, and it, it seems like during times like this, and, and quite honestly, you know, I mean, certainly in our lifetimes, this is completely unprecedented. A lot of innovation comes out of these kind of times. And, and, and I certainly think that that we're going to see, you know, a lot of people are talking about kind of the pre-COVID, post-COVID atmosphere, what it's going to be like. And it seems like we're probably going to see a lot of the innovations that retailers are engaging in and suppliers are engaging in perhaps kind of continue on beyond that. And that's got to be one of the kind of positives to come out of things like this. Are there, are there things you're seeing now, whether it's at retail or what you guys are doing that you might say, you know, this, this might not be bad to, to, to keep up doing this as, as we move beyond this. Well, you know, what's interesting is the way you said that. I think it's a personal belief. I think the challenging times bring out the absolute best in good people. I think that's both personally and business-wise. What I think we've seen is the entrepreneurial spirit just completely get unleashed. Uh, you've got members who are, in many cases, making things up on the fly because their situation is unique and, and they can solve it. Curbside pickup's a great example. Um, I don't know of many members who are doing that with any kind of frequency three months ago. Right. It's becoming the way, and, I, and to your point, I think it's going to stick. I think it's going to stick. Um, the interesting long-term effect, one of the interesting long-term effects out of, coming out of this for me is how are people going to shop going forward? Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things that, that I'm really focused on is, you know, we're in the middle of a storm right now and I get that. And most people are focusing on the storm. I think we've got to also be focusing on what happens when the storm passes. Um, and I want to make sure that our members are set up well to get whatever pent up in the short term whatever pent up demand is there, but in the long term to capitalize on whatever shifting is going on with how customers react and what their new customer experience, what they want that new customer experience to look like. Cause I think it's going to look different. Well, yeah. And, and I've been, uh, I, I was giving a webinar yesterday talking about this. I've been, as we all have been reading a lot of articles about how this is changing things. And one of the articles was comparing, you know, talking about these kind of sea changes that you see in the way consumers behave and comparing this to like the Great Depression. I mean, we've all told stories about our grandparents who were coming out of the big, uh, Great Depression and how they would just shop differently or their lifestyle would be different. They would, they would buy, perhaps buy products that, that represented a greater value and, and, and less disposable and that sort of thing. And so you got to wonder coming out of this, are people going to maybe bulk buy more products or are they going to gravitate more to less kind of contact sort of uh, interactions and so on? So, I mean, obviously right now there's so many question marks, but those are the kind of things that, that I have to agree with you. Yeah, I think we're going to see some basic fundamental changes in the way consumers behave after this. You know, my sisters and I used to think it was odd and quirky the way my dad stocked up on toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. It's odd and quirky anymore, does it? No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so but, those kind of things will certainly change. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think they will. And it's just, I don't know how yet. That's, I, I think the first one to figure that out fully is going to be well positioned and, and we're working on it. I think, I think everybody is. I think that's part of the entrepreneurial spirit, right? Is figuring out, okay, so now what? So now what? Things have changed. And as I keep telling my kids, no one's ever going to, we're living history right now. No one's ever going to forget this. Um, but you learn lessons from it. You learn lessons from every historical event. This is no different. And, and just as retailers 
figured things out after the, after the Great Depression, just as they figured things out 10 years ago after the Great Recession, the great retailers, and, and I think Do It Best has many of them, uh, they're going to figure out what to do here and we're going to be there to help them. You know, I think another kind of offshoot of this is we've seen and heard and read a lot about how consumers right now are perhaps re-exploring the local retailer as an option primarily for reasons like, you know, they don't want to necessarily be in a big retailer that's really kind of has a a reputation for being more crowded, uh, perhaps a little bit less in tune with those kind of like individual service things or a little less flexible on how they can meet those needs. Um, But also right now, there certainly seems to be a, a sort of national sort of rallying cry around, hey, this is disproportionately impacting small businesses. So you got to really remember small businesses. So, you know, when you look at this for changes in consumer shopping, you know, I certainly hope one of the positive outcomes will be remembering that, yeah, that's why you need and want those local businesses in your communities. Yeah, I'm totally with you. You That's just funny you say it that way, because just like challenging times bring out the best in people, uh, I think challenging times bring out the right emotions. And uh, one of the things you're seeing it, I'm seeing it, is this, this whole notion of local, whether it's a coffee shop or in our case, hardware store, home center, lumber yard, people are seeing real value in that. And, and I hope if you ever want some good, to, you want some good to come out of every situation, a good that can come out of this situation is a reappreciation of these local businesses who have always been there, but who are now really getting noticed for it now. Um, I, I, I am hopeful and optimistic that that will be a lingering effect from this thing. And we're sure going to try and, uh, from we, we, what we can do with Do It Best members, we're sure going to try and perpetuate that. Yeah, and, and you know, something else that, um, that uh, you're reminded of constantly, and we are, from NRHA and myself personally, probably talking, I probably am talking to 40, 50 retailers a week, and I'm sure you guys are doing the same things. Just the stories that you hear and, and you know, about, these guys and, and, and ladies who want to stay open to help their communities, who are probably primarily worried about how do we help, how do we make sure our employees keep getting paid, how do we look out for our employees? And, you know, I've heard stories from people that have said, you know, kind of like the NFL, we got to take away your football helmet. And, 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 and if you're in one of those groups that's highly susceptible, we're going to make the decision and say, no, we, we don't want you coming in but we're going to pay you just so you don't get hurt by this. And those, those one-off decisions, you know, just make me so feel so validated in thinking that we're some small part of supporting these guys. But those kind of stories that you hear again, just reaffirm that, that, that these people that are running these small businesses and in this industry are, they're, they're about helping their communities. They're about taking care of their employees and really taking it to heart to say, I don't want to put my employees in harm's way unless I think it's incredibly important and unless they buy into this. So maybe you could share with us, what are you guys kind of, what, what are some of those things you guys are hearing from Do It Best uh, members out there that they're doing and, and, and uh, it, to, to support their communities and help their employees and, and stay, stay in business? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great, first of all, this, this, this has been a good therapy session for me, Dan. Well, good. Sometimes we're in the throes of this thing. It's so easy to get caught up on the negatives. Yeah. I think you and I just had about a three minute exchange on some really positive things and, and truly speak to the heart of the independent retailer and, and the importance of the independent retailer because they will take care of their people. They're going to do the right things. 
they're gonna they're gonna look out not only for their community, their family, they're gonna look out for their extended work family as well. And I think you did a nice job of bringing that to light. Um, you know, and, and so one of the one of the ways I've been able to witness that um, outside, I don't have a lot of view into how the members are interacting with their team members, but I have been able to get some really great views into how our members are interacting with their communities. Uh, specifically in this case, I'll limit my, my comments to just some wonderful things I've seen on Facebook, uh, whether it's the Wascos in Iowa or Tyler Garrett out in, uh, out in uh, the Pacific Northwest, TJ Comstock in Billings, Montana, um, doing some really just personal and from the heart messages about their store's commitment to their team members but also the community, uh, just, I mean, heartwarming. It's heartwarming to see what people are doing. Uh, I watched a video just the other day. Uh, we have a member on the, on the uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio border, TNM Hardware and Rental. And Samantha Post went so far as to acknowledge, hey, there's a lot of new people following us right now. And I want to tell you a little bit about our business. And she actually did a video tour of their store. And she struck that right balance between, I don't want to be irresponsible and have you come in for things that would theoretically not be in keeping with these shelter in place orders, but also understanding there's real problems going on. It's raining a lot. Um, there's things going on. I, I thought she did a really nice job. Did as did TJ, as did Jones, as did Jones, Susan Wasco, as did uh, Tyler Garrett, just did a gifted job of connecting and talking about their businesses. And more importantly, how they're there for their communities. It was, again, it's bringing out the very best in people. What, uh, what at, at Do It Best right now, um, are there any particular uh, resources or, or things that um, you guys kind of see coming out, uh, maybe down the line? Have you guys changed some business practices um, that, might, uh, that, that might be beneficial kind of during these times? Yeah, I think that story is still being told. Yeah. That story is still being told. Uh, we're going to, we're going to, as we do every day, I mean, we have wonderful conferences where we get together and talk about how we won in a given day, where we didn't win as much as we wanted to. Um, I would love to come back six months from now. And I think that'd be a great conversation because I think some rich conversations are going to come out of, okay, now that we're through it. And I, I sure as heck hope we're through it by then. Um, now that we're through it, what did we learn? I'd love to come back and answer that question in six months because I think the story is still being told and I could answer it today and that could change. That answer could change by 2.30 this afternoon and it's 10.30 this morning. That's about how quickly things are going right now. Man, you're not kidding. It seems like every day, you know, one of my favorite quotes ever was from Mike Tyson that says everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Yep, and, yep, uh, we've used that one. It seems like we're getting punched in the face a lot these days where you wake up and you think this is what's going to happen and then by noon you're on a completely different track. Well, but think about, I mean, think about it. Think of how quickly people figured out how in retail businesses to manage social distancing. Look at how quickly people figured out how to get the protective plexi shields up. Yeah. Look how quickly people figured out with no script, no book, no guidelines. People figured out curbside delivery pretty quick. I, it's changing so fast. Um, and I, th I think for us here, certainly as a wholesaler distributor co-op, we're going to learn some things that we're going to take forward out of this thing. Same with our members, and I think same with the customers. Rich, is there, is there any advice um, or positive messages that you'd want to share? And remember, it's, it, we have retailers listening to this. We have vendors listening to this. Yeah. Um, you, you know, 
is there anything kind of you'd like to share? Just again, the idea of what we're trying to do with these podcasts and calling them kind of the pep talk series yeah. is, is to try and be positive and leave with kind of a yeah. positive message. I think the positive message is on the vendors part, on the co-ops part, on the members part is we have all brought out our very best. Yeah. Uh, and that entre- and I'm going to go back to it, that entrepreneurial spirit, has never been as evident as, as it is to me right now. People are just figuring out ways to satisfy needs of their customers in ways they didn't dream a month and a half, two months ago, they'd ever have to figure out. That for me, I hope, I think it will be too. I think that'll be my takeaway from this whole thing. When, when we look back on this and I'm telling my grandchildren about that time when we were stocking up on toilet paper, uh, I think my, my lesson that I'm gonna take with uh, out of this whole thing is how wonderful it was to watch the way people came together. And, and I want to do something that, you're pro- that you certainly aren't asking for and probably not expecting, but I want to comment on your efforts. Uh, oh, and I, he, he, those listening can't see the face he just gave me, that aw shucks, humble face. But I think you guys have done a spectacular job. Uh, and it goes all the way back to just getting a letter with all the CEOs signed on essential business. I'm going to guess that wasn't necessarily an easy process but you guys got it done. You got it done quickly. Uh, you guys have set up a wonderful resource center. You're doing these calls, which I think is a wonderful thing to do. Um, and even the waiving of fees on your stuff. So you didn't ask for this. You didn't know it was coming. You've looked visibly uncomfortable. I want the crowd to hear that. It's visibly uncomfortable hearing this right now, but on behalf of the industry, I want to thank you guys. For well, thank you. You've done a wonderful job. Thank you. We, we really appreciate that, Rich. And, and one of the things that I, I I've said again and again is, is that, out of this time, kind of sitting in my home office and so on, one of the things that the things that I'll remember about this is is truly how proud I am of the industry. I, yeah, I really, I mean, it's one of the, the probably in my 25 years, one of the proudest I've been of our industry and how they've responded to this and and those individual stories. I was just reading a story today about a retailer who is bringing groceries to families who need it and thing and, and it just makes you proud to be a part of it. And, and, and again, thank you for saying what you said about NRHA because I, I have, I've probably more proud of our team right now than I've ever been yeah. in watching everybody. It doesn't, you know, we went to a work from home protocol, but everybody's working from seven in the morning till six at night trying to get this stuff out. And, and, and because I think they all feel the same way. They, they, they see how important it is to support these stores that are supporting their communities and to, one of the other things I'm incredibly proud of is is watching all the distributors who, as as you well know, I mean, you guys are businesses and you're competitive, but I've seen so many instances right now of distributors saying, let's put down our flags and yeah. figure out how we work together. And I would imagine that there have probably been more calls back and forth between heads of distribution companies in the last few weeks saying, hey, well, how do we, how are you guys handling this? What do we need to do? Yeah. Um, and And you guys should be commended as well. I know I know it's never an eight to five job, but I also know now it's, it's, you know, it just seems like it's a never ending job. And uh, with all that said, we all know that there are the retailers and the retail employees that are on the front lines. They're the ones that are honestly putting themselves in harm's way to service their communities. And, and then even beyond that, there's certainly people in the healthcare field and people that are dealing with the, 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 the illnesses that are, that are, um, should certainly stay in our thoughts, but, uh, but it's, it's, it's always uplifting to talk to someone like you that, uh, that sees those same things out there that we're saying and the, and, and the stories that we should all be proud of. 
Can I throw out one more story? Because I think it, it summarizes everything we've just talked about. Absolutely. Remember the Heislers uh, in the Dakotas, they decided they were going to do a fundraiser. We've got members doing food pantries and delivery, things you described, but they were going to have a fundraiser. So they took a local celebrity, put him up on the roof, and they said he's not coming down until we raise $15,000. One of their cashiers, one of their cashiers donated her week's pay. Oh, wow. And I think that says it all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always know that there, there are a lot of good people in this industry, but it really shows during times like this. Um, Rich, is there anything else you want to add? I think that's a pretty good place to, to, to maybe wrap up our conversation. You pepped me up. I hope I've pepped you up and hopefully the people listening are pepped up as well. I think we've done good work here, Dan. Fantastic. Rich, thank you again. I know you guys are crazy busy. So taking time out to do something like this is really appreciated. Hey, Dan, and I, I want, appreciate the opportunity. I want to make sure we do have you back. So, so in, in, in hopefully three or four months, we can talk about what used to be and not what is. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's pencil it in. All right, sounds good, Rich. Dan, thank thanks you so, so much. much. Have a great weekend. Thank you.